Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome today to Your Ultimate Life, the podcast committed to helping people like you discover, develop, and serve with their divine gifts and create a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy. I'm excited. I've got a cool guest today, Byron Morrison. Welcome to the show, Byron. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. You know, you are welcome, and it is just providential. We've done this before, and my settings were bad, so we had to do it again. And I always <laughs> think that gives us better stuff. So let's do this. I want to ask you first, you have written several books, and I want to start with your latest book because you intentionally picked a, a controversial or attention-getting title. And I want you to tell me about that book and the title and why you picked it and all the rest. Yeah, sure. So the new book is called Maybe You Should Give Up. And I know at first most people hear that and they're like, oh, but I don't want to give up. It's so counterintuitive to all the general advice we're normally given when it comes to achieving your goals. But over the last decade from working with people in 15 different countries, what I discovered is there's seven mental roadblocks that all of us hold on to that hold us back and stop us from reaching our potential. And that's why maybe you should give up. It's not about giving up on your goals and dreams. It's about giving up on everything that you're holding on to that is stopping you from actually reaching them. Because maybe you should give up on fear, comparing yourself to others, living in the past, or being too hard on yourself. It's all about empowering you to break through the barriers that are holding you back so that you can take control of the life that you want. So that's fabulous. Uh, nobody, you are not, and so certainly I'm not, advising people to give up on their dreams, but you're saying give up on the nonsense, give up on the old stories, give up on the noise. That's exactly it. I find for so many of us, we're our own worst enemies. Like we know what we need to do to create the life that we want, but we don't do it whether that's procrastinating, like looking at excuses or reasons why it can't be done, we get stuck in our own head and then we just stay stuck. You know, one of the things that I say as a coach and sometimes people get upset about it, I, I say, you know, it, it's almost never that we actually don't know what to do. It's that we don't do what we know. What does that sound yeah. like? That's exactly it. Like if I use my own self as an example, like if I go back over a decade ago where I was at a point where I was stuck, like I knew what I needed to do. Like I knew how to get in, in shape. I knew how to advance my career. I knew how to start getting more successful, but I was so stuck in my own head and controlled by what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? Like all of these mental stories that I just didn't follow through. It was only when I actually started facing my fears and putting myself out there, that was how I moved forward. So this is not a test, but I want to talk uh, in more detail. I, I spoke at a summit yesterday, and the, the summit, my topic, and I only had a 30-minute slot, it wasn't long, was about uh, turning your passion into a profitable business venture. And so most of the time people are looking for some magic you know, thing, tools and Facebook ad thing, or whatever it is to suddenly make money. And the truth is, the majority 
of the barriers and the majority of the conversation was about those very things. So it's not a test, but can you list for us the seven roadblocks that we, and I, I know everybody categorizes them different ways, but you're framing the seven things that keep us from being who we can be. Yeah. So the first one is reacting to the world around you. Because when you're constantly spending your days just in this heightened reactive state, there's no way you can make the right decisions, especially when you're being driven by emotion. So you really need to just give up be, re- reacting to the world around you and start focusing on what you can control. It's all about empowering yourself to be like, okay, this is the problem. Instead of just focusing on the past or dwelling on what went wrong, it's like, how do you start thinking in solutions? How do you turn your emotions around? So instead of them getting the better of you, you can actually feel in control. So that's the first one. Like the next is fear. It's like voice in the back of your head telling you why it can't be done. That's stopping you from taking action. The third one is focusing on the future and worrying about problems that haven't happened yet. I think this is something we're all guilty about where we stress about things and we just put ourselves through this world of overwhelm rather than focusing on what we can do. Um, The fourth one is comparing ourselves to others. It's where we never feel like we're enough or we compare ourselves to an uneven playing field based on everyone else. The next one is making decisions based on what we want in the moment at the expense of what we want most. Um, The sixth one is being too hard on ourselves. And then the final one is putting off our happiness. So I love that. Let's talk about making decisions for what we want in the moment versus what we really want in in the longer term. There's lots of people who talk about, and I do too, living in the moment, and I even define a moment as 8.64 seconds, and there's some math behind that, but it doesn't matter. So talk more about that choice of doing something that feels good in the moment, and consequently, not always, but consequently often uh, delaying or giving up on the thing that we have said that we want most. Yeah, so it's really about recognizing that most people live their life prioritizing in-the-moment satisfaction, look acting on impulse or desire or pleasure, whereas often the most things that you want more in life are going to require sacrifice. They're going to require you giving up what you want now and choosing what you want most long-term. A perfect example could be someone who's trying to lose weight. If they keep giving in to what they want in the moment, that piece of cake, that ice cream, that chocolate bar, that is going to come at the expense of what they want most, which is them being healthy and having the body they want. Or it could be a case of someone listening to us right now. They don't want to work on that report or that project or have that difficult conversation. So they're choosing comfort in the moment to avoid what they need to do, which is going to come at the expense of their success. So you really need to start thinking a few steps ahead and be like, what is the consequence of me doing or not doing this? And then making decisions based on ultimately the outcome that you want. One of the things you told me before, uh, and I is a powerful and and increasingly relevant example, is physical help. Uh, I noticed in my notes from before that you talked about getting your body back in shape, and so you dealt with that very specific issue. Talk about what frameworks, processes, thoughts you used to to do that very thing, focus on the future, healthy, correct weight or whatever you want to say, you, as opposed to the momentary satisfaction of eating whatever. Yeah, so it's, it's all about looking at what are the consequences of your actions. Um, 
I'll actually just give you a real, a really nice framework that anyone listening to this can use. I talk about in the book. It's like it's recognizing that every action and decision that you take has a bigger long-term consequence. And the example I give in the book is: let's say there's a guy called Gary, and at the end of a long day, he wants a bar of chocolate because it makes him feel good. Now, if that was the full story, it would be a good one because Gary has his chocolate bar and he's happy. But if he keeps doing this every single day, the long-term consequence on the second level would be Gary, who struggled with this weight most of his life, continues gaining weight. The third consequence is he struggles with confidence and holds himself back in his career. The fourth consequence is he doesn't get the success that he wants and doesn't provide for his family. The fifth consequence is he dies young with health problems. Now, that's no doubt going to the extreme, but it proves the point. Every action that you take right now can have long-term consequences, especially when you keep repeating it. And that was why, for me, such a powerful framework is just looking at what is the consequence of me doing this right now? What are the repercussions that the future me is going to have to deal with? And it's starting to make decisions that way. Like. I'll give you another example of this. I've got a client I'm working with right now, and her energy's been down recently. And we are looking at what was going on. And her husband and her like relaxing in the evening and watching Netflix. And they kept we're watching a series they really liked. And they kept being like, oh, just one more episode. And as a result, she was going to bed later. And then she was tired the next day and not performing properly. So she needed to use this framework in the evening and be like, what is the consequence of me watching this episode? Well, I know I'm going to be tired tomorrow. So is it really worth it? And then using that to push yourself, actually, you know, I'd be better off going to bed. So it's I love, a conscious decision. I love, I love this. And you brought something in that I want to bring in. So today you're a coach. You help people. You said a client. And you were examining with her those consequences. Tell me uh, whatever you need to about story, but tell me why it's so important to have I'll call it a coaching container, whether it's an individual coach or a group or something where you can go to assist you with looking at those consequences that you've been talking about. Yep. So I've been a coach for nearly a decade now. And in that time, I've been fortunate enough to work with CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business leaders in 15 different countries. And the reason why I'm such a big advocate of coaching is if you look at anyone from presidents to top CEOs to elite athletes, they all surround themselves with the right coaches and support because they know that they need someone who can bring out their best, someone who can challenge them, who could push them and actually want them to become better. Whereas a lot of the time when you're just isolating yourself and trying to do it on your own, you haven't got someone to bounce around ideas. You haven't got someone to look at it from different angles and perspectives or to really get you to see problems in a different light. And that's why it's the same as elite athletes don't hire coaches after they've won a championship. They do it at the beginning because they know they need someone there. I think this is why we all need coaches around us for different areas of our life. Like for me personally, I've got coaches I work with for my fitness, for my business. I've worked with mindset people in the past. Like different stages of my life where I've needed someone who's ahead of me to help guide and support me. I saw an interview with Michael Phelps, the most decorated Olympian of all time swimmer. And this was in between the Olympics where he won lots of gold medals, but not the last one where he became the most decorated dude. And he was talking about that very thing about how many times his coach had caught him trying to sneak out the back of the gym and not do the the workout. And this is a dude that had won all those medals and knew what it took to get there and had committed to go to one more Olympics. And it was just interesting to hear him say the very thing that you're talking about. 
So I want to move to a different thing. You are in a good place in terms of writing books that that you truly mean to help people, and I love the title. Well, maybe you should just give up. And that's <laughs> not what you mean, of course, but that you know, someone's going to think that and then pick up the book and say, how dare you, and then realize you mean something else. But you didn't fall up this mountain. So why don't you talk a little bit about your 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 own journey? What are the things that happened to you? Because inevitably... Every person, every single person that I know and meet who's trying to be in the people encouragement business has got a story, a set of things, sometimes very traumatic, sometimes less so, but always some turning points, leverage points, wake-up calls, whatever. Talk a little bit about yours. Yes, so my journey really started just over a decade ago. At that point in my life, to be honest, I was not in a good place. I was overweight. I was struggling with confidence. I was stuck in a job that was killing me. And I was just burnt out, not very happy. And then my dad got cancer. Uh, During his treatment, he had most of his bowel surgically removed. And he spent 25 days in ICU, uh, most of on life support and breathing through a tracheostomy. And luckily, he pulled through, something that I'm eternally grateful for. But that, for me, was the wake-up call that I needed to change. And I wish I could sit here and say that overnight, everything magically got better and turned around. But for the next couple of years, I was my own worst enemy. I take one step forward and two steps back, sabotaging everything from my career to my relationships and my health. And it was only when I really started diving into the mindset and psychology behind it all, that was when I started to discover that the biggest barrier in the way was myself. It was that sabotaging voice that was causing me to doubt myself, to overthink, to avoid the things I needed to do. It was only when I broke through that that I was able to create the life that I wanted. And this is why I've become so passionate about helping other people because I've seen for all of us, inevitably, the biggest thing holding us back is ourselves. And I shared the story recently with a PR company and I told the guy about my journey and everything I've been on. And he sat there and he was like, yeah, that's great, but I've heard more inspiring stories. I said to him, like, that's the entire point. Like, my journey is not one of those that you hear, and you're like, that's amazing, but I could never do that. Like, I was just a guy who knew he was capable of so much more, and who made a decision to go after it. And that's why I truly believe that anyone listening to this right now, if they would know that they want more in life, if I can do it, so can they. And that's why I want to be the person who pushes them to make it happen. I I love that, and... You know, we are in a time when people are sharing their stories more. And I love the fact that they are. And I've had people tell me, I'm sure you have too, well, my story's not that big of a deal. It's not that I didn't have, I didn't die or, you know, I'm not, I wasn't on the street and homeless or something. And they think that that they have to have turned that corner in a particular way. But what you're saying, is it, it It doesn't matter what the event is. Whatever event it is that causes you to wake up is the right event. It's exactly like so often, like people just belittle the journey that they've been on. They think, oh, I didn't have that traumatic thing or all of these things. And they sell themselves short. Whereas actually, it doesn't matter what the catalyst is. If you've decided to do something to turn your life around, there's going to be people who are in a similar spot to you, people who need you to speak up and guide them. And this is where back to that self-sabotage where it comes in. Like I I went through that myself when I first started becoming a coach. I was like, why would anyone listen to me? And then I realized, you know what? Actually, I've made the changes that so many other people are struggling with. Like I've been through the journey and come out the other side. It all goes back to that negative self-talk. And it's once we realize that that's nothing more than a story in our head, that's when we can change our own reality and how we see the world. So you said something really important. You said, you know, 
It doesn't matter what the events are. What matters is that you, and I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me, and I'm talking to everybody else individually, that you decide this is the turning point. You're free to wait till you are nearly dead or some other bad thing, or you're free to wait till your life is over and then wish you had. But you can decide at any moment this is the turning point, right? Yeah. Like one of my favorite quotes is what you tolerate, you can never change. But it goes back to like, what is the worst type of pain? Like a lot of people think it's getting divorced, like a family member dying, like something horrific happening to you. But while those things are all like undeniably terrible, like the worst type of pain is chronic pain. It's that bad lower back that even though it's discomfort and it's affecting everyday life, it's not bad enough for you to do something about it. And this is where so many people are stuck right now because they're unhappy in the situation they're in, but it's not bad enough to get them to take massive action. And this is why anyone listening to us, you have to make a decision that I want to do something different because so many people have a near death experience. Something happens to a loved one. They get this wake up call that everything has to be better. But rather than waiting for life to get so bad, it's just making a decision of, do you know what? Actually, I want to change this. This isn't serving me. This isn't the life I want to live and making a conscious decision to put yourself out there and actually go after what you want. I agree with you. And I, I, my whole point about my road to 50 million is about helping people decide before they're dead or before some terrible thing happens. But anyway, I'm going to ask a question. We've talked a lot about people being in their own way, being their own worst enemy, their own worst critic and all that stuff. What is it about our world that creates this circumstance where, and I know you're just, it's your thought and that's what I'm asking for. What is it about our universe that creates this circumstance where everybody hates themselves, tolerates this lower back pain effectively in their lives and doesn't, you know, make those changes? How did this happen? The reason why we sabotage ourselves goes down to the way that our subconscious is wired. Because what anyone listening to us right now needs to understand is your brain's been wired for quantity of life. And what that means is that it wants to survive, it doesn't want to thrive, it wants to keep everything the same, the same types of relationships, the same amount of weight on your body, the same amount of wealth, happiness, and joy. It wants to keep everything the same because everything in your past has been survived, meaning it's fast, safer than anything new, whereas all of your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, they're all new, meaning they bring with them an inherent risk. And that's why even though you might be unhappy in the situation you're in right now, your brain takes comfort in what it knows. And this is why it fills your head with all of these mental blocks. What if you're not good enough? What if you fail? What if you get rejected? It wants to keep you stuck right now because it's scared of what could happen because it can't predict it. And this is why we are our own worst enemies because our brains are tripping us up. And that's why you're never going to be able to create the life that you want until you change the way that you think. I just love this. I remember this from the first time we talked, that you talked about our brains being wired to choose quantity of life over quality. And I thought about that a lot after we talked. And you just mentioned it again. And I want you to talk some more about that. What are the... I mean, you said, okay, I want quantity of life, and the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, and that means everything just like it is is perfect. Not really, but we pretend that it is because I've lived so far. Here I am. So don't change anything. Talk more about that brain stuff and how to begin to 
uh, help the brain, because we have it, it's the only one we've got, to help the brain choose to experiment and to go down these unknown paths. Yeah, so what people really need to understand is you're comfortable right now, so you're in your little comfort zone, and even though you might not be happy or fully fulfilled or all of these things, that's where you feel safe. Whereas the life that you want to be living is on the other side of that fear. And this is why you really need to start pushing yourself because if you're not growing, it can feel like you're dying. And this is why for a lot of us, say we just become stagnant. And this is why you have to recognize that the only way you're going to change the way that you see things or overcome your fears is by putting yourself in situations to see who you can become. But a lot of people think, oh, pushing your comfort zones means some like death-defying event or making some huge risk, whereas actually any step, regardless of how small, that becomes your new comfort zone. And if you think of it like a bubble or a balloon, it slowly expands over time. And this is why if you're afraid right now, or you're being sabotaged by fear, you've just got to take micro actions. You've got to, instead of worrying about the future so much, start looking at, okay, what can I do today to start pushing myself forward? Even if it's a, a micro action and step, because the more you do that, your confidence goes up, you build momentum, and over time, you change your mold of the world. Your reality shifts into that new normal, and that's how you grow and expand. So it's all about constantly pushing yourself just to make that small steps. I just love that thought because we see all kinds of people who stand on the stages and scream massive action. And it makes it feel sometimes like you have to, you know, tear your whole world down and rebuild it. Jump off the cliff and build your wings on the way down. But what you've just said is, well, why don't you, and I'm not going to say anything about that method, but why don't you just take a small step? Why don't you just do a little and see what happens? And I love the fact that you said you change the size of your comfort zone. You realize that something outside is possible, even a little at a time. And it doesn't take very long before that accumulates into something substantial, right? Yeah. And that's the entire point of the message here, because so often we get in our own head because we focus too much on the future. We got this vision of what we want to create, but it's so overwhelming that we don't take action on it. It's like, let's say, for instance, someone listening to us, I'll use an easy to follow health example. Let's say they wanted to go run a marathon. Well, that in itself is very daunting, especially if they've done like no training. So instead of focusing on the marathon, how do you take that first jog? How do you put yourself out there to do that first mile? The more you do that, your confidence goes up, you improve. And a few weeks later, you've made so much progress and it just becomes so much easier. Or someone else listening to this right now wants to start building a personal brand, but they're getting overwhelmed. I need to do all these videos. I need to start a podcast. I need to do all these things. And again, they overthink and don't take action. So how do you break it down into the first step of just putting out that first video? Start just taking micro actions that combined will turn into massive action. I saw a Facebook post the other day from a person that I know. And he looked like, you know, a contestant from Mr. Universe. He looked fabulous. And I happen to know him. He's not doing a lot of artificial stuff. He just works really hard. And this was the post. And I want you to comment on this because it stuck with me. And it's along the lines of what you're saying. It said, he said, have the biggest goal you want. That's fine. And then focus on what you can do in this moment to take a small step toward that goal and focus on that rigorously 
and then eventually you'll get there. So what do you think about that? Yeah, that's very much where I'm going with this as well. It's like have that vision, but then ask yourself, what do I need to eat to what do I need to do today to move forward? Because when you break it down into micro actions, then it seems manageable. Then it just seems like, you know what, I could do that. Like, that's not that big a deal. And it goes back to that comfort zone expanding. As you push yourself, you grow, you get better, your skills improve, your confidence goes up, and everything becomes easier. Whereas if you're just focusing on that end result, then a lot of the time you just don't do it because you're like, it's too far away. Well, I can't make that happen. Or it's too scary. So even though you've got the right intentions, it just, you don't make progress. So like, I love the framing that your, your friend put for it. That's great. So I, I know you've written several books. I'd like you to talk about them. And more than just talking about the books, what made you decide to write a book? I mean, that can be a very daunting task and there's all kinds of help out there to get it done, but you did it. Now you've done, you said three or maybe four. What made you decide to write a book? So with my first book, Become a Better You, um, I just got on this whole health transformation. After my dad's cancer, I wanted to get my health on track. Um, I said to you earlier, I spent two years taking one step forward and two steps back. I was just like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I need to figure out how to do it properly. So I started becoming a student of everything from nutrition to fitness and changing behaviors and mindset, determined to figure out how to turn my life around. And that for me sparked a passion in an area that I never even knew that I cared about before. But I eventually went on to lose and keep off over 50 pounds. I got myself healthy. And then I saw so many other people who were struggling like I was, who were trying all these diets and these quick fixes and workouts, all the mistakes that I had made. I was like, you know what? I figured out how to do this. So let me go and pass on what I learned. So it was basically just my big inspiration thing. I was like, I want to help other people who are struggling like I was. And then that just became the foundation of the first book. Fabulous. So you're, you're, the real reason you wrote the book is a desire to serve. And I, my experience is that we, as people, for, for, in the, the divine design, I guess, we're built to love and serve each other. I want you to describe what it means in your heart. What is it in your heart that makes you have this desire that, make, that fuels you every day to serve to love, to lift, to bless, and all those squishy words that we sometimes don't talk about. What is it in your heart that makes you want to do that? Yeah. I think it just comes down to defining your own version of success. Like success for me is knowing that I can go to bed at night and looking back and being like, I spent my time doing the things I wanted to do with the people that I wanted to do it with and what the work I, I actually focused on had a positive impact on the world. And for me, like that's what fulfills me. It's knowing that I showed up and what I did actually helped someone else better their lives, help them move forward, overcome things, start holding them back. Like that's what fulfills me. It's just looking back at the beginning of my journey where I was struggling on my own. I felt so isolated and alone in it. And a lot of it, why I stayed stuck was I tried to do it all myself. I didn't have a guide. I didn't have a mentor. And that was why for so long I just was going around in circles. So I just want to be that person that I wish I had when I was struggling on my own. You know, it's fabulous that you say that because every almost everybody, and I will, I'll even say everybody that I talk to, you know, they figure something out, sometimes completely on their own, and sometimes they get a little help, and they figure it out. And, you know, they could quit. They could say, okay, I figured it out. I'm good. Made the money, lost the weight, whatever it is. But they, universally, we have this drive to love and serve. So I want you to talk about 
the coaching that you do. I call it the people encouragement business. Tell us who you help, how you help them, and anything you want us to know about that love, that process of helping people get out of their own way and be their best selves. Yeah, so this kind of stemmed off my own journey. Um, when I released my first book, I started a business coaching people from around the world to get their health on track. And while I was really good at serving them, I was completely in over my head when it came to running a business. I'd never managed people before. I'd never dealt with difficult conversations. I'd never made big decisions. And I just became completely burnt out to the point that my business felt like a mental and emotional drain. So I realized that I couldn't carry on that way. So rather than throwing the towel, I went and learned everything I could about mindset, high performance, managing people, leadership, and everything else in between, learning how to become an effective CEO. I managed to get my own role under control. And at the time, I was working with a lot of entrepreneurs and business leaders to deal with their health. And naturally, these issues started coming up in our sessions, the things that were affecting the way they were felt and their stress with their team and everything. And I realized that helping them navigate it wasn't just my superpower, it's what I love to do. So my business naturally evolved over time to help overwhelmed CEOs and business leaders navigate the challenges that come with their role, looking at how they manage their time, how they deal with people, how they really show up to create the success that they want. So my coaching is all about helping people evolve into the leader they need to be to get to the next level of success. Because again, like the health side, that was the journey I went through. And that was the natural evolution of my business that got me to where I am today. That's fabulous. So I want people to be able to get a hold of you, to follow you, to find you. Tell us if your books are on Amazon, when your last one is out, or if it's already out, where can they find you, learn more about you, and connect if they want to follow Byron's work? So the easiest place to find out more about me is byronmorrison.com. You can also get my new book, Maybe You Should Give Up, Seven Ways to Get Out of Your Own Way and Take Control of Your Life, anywhere that you can order books. Um, It's coming out June 27th, but it's up for pre-order now. And if anyone listening to this does pre-order a copy, send me an email at byron at byronmorrison.com and I'll send you some exclusive bonuses, including a free version of the audio book and a video series and a few other cool things I've put together as a thank you. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, TikTok. Just search for author Byron Morrison. Byron, this has been a lot of fun for me. I love your enthusiasm. I love the truth of your existence. I love who you have chosen to be in the world as a, as a helper of people. Thank you for being here with us today on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I really want you to take the opportunity, all the listeners, go back and listen to this. Byron's journey is authentic. His love is true and his books are real. And it is possible to get out of your own way, to create the life you want and live your ultimate life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stand with your heart in the sky and your feet on the ground.